0: But I'm excited about what he's going to do. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, I don't see any way where I can finish uh, this message today. Uh, And I won't have an opportunity to do it tonight because uh, one of our deacons is going to be ministering tonight. Uh, And uh, the first Sunday night uh, and every month for, for a while we are going to be having a layman's night and uh using uh people that's got a message or a thought that they'd like to share uh and uh we got some folks lined up to start it. I'm gonna be talking to some of you uh of you and if anybody's got something on your heart and you would like to be included in it, feel free to come and talk with me about this. This will go into next uh, uh next year, and we did this once before. And it turned out really good, and uh, we're excited about it. So be here tonight at 6 o'clock, amen, and let's just worship the Lord and support this, amen. But I do have a message, I feel like, uh, for somebody today um, that um, somebody that's going through some discouragement in your life. Uh, And this message came pretty pretty powerful to me. And I hope and pray that if you you are here today and you have been discouraged about anything in your life, I hope and pray that you will allow God, through his word and by his spirit, to encourage you. We're going to be going to the book of Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, and we're going to read verses 6 through 14. Praise God. This is what it's What it reads like, so we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. I want you to notice half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arams, the Amorites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were being closed, that they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. The devil's all the time trying to call some of that, Annie. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. And there is much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, They will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. The devil does not want the church to grow. He don't want to have a move of God. Can you say man? Hallelujah! So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times from whatever place you turn they will be upon us. Therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall and at the openings and I set the people according to their families and their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them Remember the Lord, great and awesome. Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. That right there is enough to make everybody here not want to give up. Because you got some children that's lost, and you're going to stick around, and you're going to fight for them. Hallelujah. You ain't going to stand by and let the devil come steal their souls. You're ready for a fight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to you right now. I Thank you, Lord. And I praise you for your spirit. I pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts. God, those who have feel discouragement about anything, I pray that you will encourage them today, that you will lift them up. Let everybody know who knows discouragement and pain, let them feel your hand right now. And you know that He's seeing you and He's hearing you. He sees your tears and He cares for you. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Lord, to God, you can be seated. I want to speak today on a subject titled, Discouragement, a Destroyer of Dreams. Discouragement, a Destroyer. Of dreams. I wonder how many dreams that people's had of things you would like to see in your life, things you would like to do in your life, things that would be a part of your life. That at one time was a great dream for you, and you had great hopes for that, but something happened that pulled the rug out from under you, and you were discouraged, and that discouragement ended up destroying your dream. Think about it. But folks, if this message is to say anything today to anybody here, it's this. Don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. If you love the Lord, let me tell you something. There's, there's no way the devil... Can wrap you up and take your soul to hell if god 's got his hand around you unless you just quit you just quit don 't quit don't let discouragement talk you in to throwing in the towel there's a couple of stories that are examples that I looked up and uh I got some information on, and I want to share them with you today because I feel like it fits good right here. First one is about one man. This fella was a sixth grade dropout, dropped out of school at the sixth grade. When he got into the army, he was an army mule tender. They didn't see any capabilities in him that he'd be able to do anything. They wouldn't put him driving a tank or doing nothing else. So they had some mules and they put him in the stalls, uh, and he was a mule tender. <laughs> I wonder how many of us sometimes feel like you've been left alone to shovel the stuff out of the way. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Then he became a locomotive fireman, and if you know if you know what a locomotive fireman, he's the fellow that had to. I guess he got he got used to the shovel shoveling and other stuff. Now he was shoveling coal into into the uh, into the steam engines. That's a back breaking job, folks. It's not a clean job. It's not a pretty job. He was a locomotive fireman. Then he got a little bit better, he became an insurance salesman, and then he tried his field into politics, he became a political candidate. And that was before he became the world's most famous cook after reaching retirement age. I'm talking about a man that the whole world knows as Colonel Sanders. He had one plight after the other all his life. Finally, he turned 65 and he signed up for Social Security. Uh, But his life began at the age when others started slowing down and retiring. He started speeding up. Harlan was his first name. Harlan Sanders had worked hard all his life trying to find the right profession, trying to find his niche, trying to to fit in. He had one discouragement after the other. Nothing seemed to go his way. He couldn't find anything that he could excel in. But nothing ever seemed to work for Harlan Sanders. After he retired, at that time he had worked for a little while as a postal worker. Now he was 65 years old. He walked out to the mailbox to get his first Social Security check, and as he sat on the porch and opened the letter, he looked at it and felt so frustrated because the amount was not even quite $200. After all his time of hard work, he sat on his porch. He thanks to himself, is this all I have to look forward to for the rest of my life? He put in a long, hard career and now has little to show for it. Was it really, he questioned himself, was it really worth all the hard work? He went through some bad times and some Depression because of all this. But then finally he decided one day to sit down because he had got feeling so low. He sat down and made a list of the things in his life that he had, things that he considered as blessings, and the good things that he had going for him. And as he was writing things down and looking something, he he included a list there that his mother had passed on to him of a recipe for fried chicken. And in this recipe, it had 11 different herbs and spices. He was the only one in the whole world that knew that recipe passed to him by his mother. So he went to a nearby restaurant, they turned him down, he went to another and he asked if he could cook the chicken and they said yes. He wound up with a deal with a a restaurant in the town of Kentucky where he lived and they made an agreement that they would give him a nickel for every piece of chicken that they sold. You ever thought, man, I'm working here at this job, killing myself, and they're barely paying me minimum wage. I ain't going to get nothing with this. Well, he only got a nickel for every piece of chicken when he started out. Uh, with some other things, as he added another restaurant, and then finally he opened his own place. And he actually sold chicken at a gas station. He pumped gas and sold people gas and chicken. And then he come up with an idea with a newfangled contraption that was uh, selling. He thought of what if I put my chicken after adding the spices in it, into a pressure cooker and fry it in a pressure cooker. That turned something good into great. Pretty soon it became the most popular item in the restaurant. Hallelujah. He named his restaurant Kentucky Fried Chicken, and the rest is history. Harlan Sanders is tried, he was tried and frustrated, but he refused to give up. Even when he was sick, this man's life, he didn't begin to make no money at all until he turned 65.
1: But he achieved what he did because he beat depression and he he kept on pressing. He refused to give up. I hear God telling somebody now, don't throw in the towel yet. Don't give up because when the devil starts telling you it's hopeless, that's the best words you can hear.
0: How can you say that, Brother Sammy? It's kind of like there was a person come to me. I counseled somebody many years ago, back when I was pastor of the first church I pastored. And they was having a dream. And in their dream, the devil kept coming to them in the form of a snake. Everywhere they went, that snake chased them, chased them. They was constantly They stayed ahead of it. But they were chasing them everywhere. And every time, every time they would turn around, the snake would speak to them and You just whales to go ahead and stop running because sooner or later you're going to get tired, you're going to slow down, and I'm going to get you. And they were beside themselves and said, I don't know what I'm going to do because. The devil keeps telling me, you just wells to give up because no matter, I, sooner or later, I'm going to catch up with you. I looked back, amen, and I told them, I said, that's the best word that you could have got. There was a puzzled look come on her face. What do you mean? I said, the Bible says that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. Hey, and what do you mean, a pastor? I said, just simply this. It's impossible. Do you believe it's impossible
1: for God to tell a lie? Well, yes. I said, Well, just as impossible it is for God to tell a lie. It's impossible for the devil to tell the truth. And anytime he tells you something is one way, you can rejoice. And praise God, it's another way. Because he can't tell the truth. The truth is never it. So if the devil tells you he's going to win, you know you got the victory. Keep on fighting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Anything the devil tells you is going to always be the opposite. Now, uh, there were some Franciscan uh, friars, monks, many years ago. And uh, I didn't know that till I looked this up. But the Franciscans, which is a branch, an order of, uh, it's linked to Catholicism, the Catholic Church, The Franciscans were the first ones to systematically grow grapes in California. I didn't know that until I looked this up. And we think about California now and Napa Valley and all the uh, billions of dollars that's out there and all that stuff. But the Franciscans were the first ones to grow grapes in California. They grew Uh, a grape that was called the muscat grape and it was used to make muscatel wine. I have heard of muscatel. Never tried it, but I've heard it. (laughs) Heard about it. One year, they had a terrible drought and the grapes withered on the vine. They thought they were going to lose everything that they had and were very disappointed disappointed they were discouraged they had acres and acres of grapes that had withered down to nothing just wells to cash it in just wells to throw in the town our whole crop is ruined but some of them got together and they took the time to gather up those withered grapes and they took them to town and they <laughs> you ever heard You heard the saying, if, uh, if your life gets full of lemons, turn into lemonade? Well, they took those withered grapes into town and they put a name on them and they called them Prevarian Delicacies. What, what's this you got? They're prevailing delicacies. And that, my friend, was the beginning of Sun Made Raisin Company. Hallelujah. I know you've seen Sun, sun Made Raisins. That was the beginning of it right there. Fortunes have been made. Hallelujah. When some of
1: them were throwing up their hands and they said it's all come to naught, nothing is working, hallelujah. Some of them took the time anyhow. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. You need to take this and turn it around to your situation, to a spiritual thing that you're dealing with in your life. Hallelujah. I love the scripture where the Bible says, for all things. (laughs) Glory to God. All things. That means the bad things and the good things. For all things. What to?
0: over my life and I can see a lot of things that were bad I thought at the time but God was able some kind of way to work his magic and turn it around look at somebody and say God can turn it around hallelujah thank God for them Franciscans because it wasn't for them I wouldn't be able to have uh, raisins to eat while I was on the Daniel fast. (laughs) That's one thing you can eat on the Daniel fast, you know that?
1: Hallelujah.
0: Glory to God. So, but I said all of that to say this. There is a terrible health problem that's running its course through our land, and it's one of the worst illnesses that there is. And no, I'm not talking about the Zika valve. Everybody's worried about that. But there's something worse than that. It's an illness. It's a universal disease. And it's highly contagious. If you're around somebody that's got it, you can catch it fairly quickly. What is this disease? It's called the disease of discouragement. Like the old saying goes, misery loves company. If you get around
1: to somebody that's discouraged and feeling bad, amen, and they're down to the dumps, if you get too close to them, you're going to find yourself right there with them.
0: The disease of discouragement. Discouragement has been defined as the feelings of despair in the face of
1: obstacles. It's when you're just tired of giving forth the effort and you're ready to call it quits. I'm not asking for a show of hands, but I wonder in a congregation this side, how many of us have come to the point that we have thought about calling it quits?
0: We've all been there. I believe we've all been there. You may have even been. You may be there now, ready to give up on whatever you've been battling with so long. Kind of like the old song. We, we were We We get so much discouragement, and we're trying to get rid of it. And we think about the old song. Home, home on the range, where, the deer and the range, where seldom is heard a discouraging word. And the clouds, skies are not cloudy all day. Hallelujah.
1: I am tired of all this negativity. I used to watch the news and I would listen to the news and read Time, I'd get Time Magazine, Newsweek, every kind of thing. But I had to I'm having to give up a lot of that stuff because if you don't watch, you wind up depressed by just watching the news. Let me tell you, I don't care what ABC, CBS, Amen, or NBC says, it don't affect you if you're a child of God. You ain't under their control, you're under God's control. And I don't care what's going on with the You got a reason to stick with it and stay in the church, stay in the word, and serve God
0: because God's promised you something. What's he promised me, preacher? He has promised you that he would withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly
1: before him. Glory! Everything in my life If it's going to be good for
0: me, God has let me have it. But what about those things that you prayed about and you wanted? I chalk it up as it must not have been good to me at the end. There are some things at first seem good, but they're not a blessing, they're a curse. Sometimes people get offered jobs, jobs that you never take. Because it's not the blessings of God, it's allurement by the devil. Hallelujah. to yes. God. Hallelujah. Discouragement. Oh, my Lord. Lord, it's, it's quarter to two, and I, I've, got, I've not got through my introduction yet. I, I'll have to do this later. Hallelujah. Discouragement is a nemesis of souls and a destroyer of dreams. Hallelujah. Satan uses it to weaken your resolve to fight. Hallelujah, and hamper your willingness
1: to press on through the storm. All oh, glory. If you don't defeat discouragement, discouragement will conquer you.
0: I'm gonna, I want to briefly look at some things which brings on discouragement. So we can recognize the tools that Satan uses and defeat him as his own game. I I won't get through all of these, but I want to let you know there's some tools in the devil's tool chest that he uses to help discourage you. And the first thing is fatigue. fatigue that can be spiritual or it can be natural but the scriptures that we read in verse 10 they said the strength of the laborers is failing you remember we read that what they was talking about as they was building the wall they had got the wall halfway built it was halfway up but then things begin to happen to discourage the workers, and the first thing was they began to lose their strength. They got fatigued. Now there's a good old southern term, in other words, if you're from the south, I've just got plain out. hallelujah. You know one of the things in the last days that the Bible said the devil, And this Antichrist system, this whole system that's in the process of taking on right now, he said that he would wear out. Go over in Daniel. That's where it's found. He'll wear out the saints of the Most High God. The devil, he will just plain wear you out spiritually, mentally, physically. Because when somebody gets fatigued, there ain't too much they can do. Come on, somebody. They're not no help to themselves. They're not no help to their family. They're not no help to the church. And they're not no help to God. And the devil knows that. So he's going to do everything in his power just to simply wear you out. Hallelujah. You don't have no strength. said the strength of the laborers is failing Hallelujah! These people had worked hard for a long time, and now they was totally exhausted. Fatigue and discouragement usually occurs when you're halfway through whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And it was at the point of halfway that the that the strength of the laborers began to fail. Hallelujah. They were fatigued. They were mentally fatigued. They, it was hard for them to try to build on that wall and look over their shoulder for that enemy who, who said he's going to attack them any time. There, there's a lot of things that the devil will clutter, clutter up your mind. Amen. Just will weigh you down. Come on. And you're only halfway through you're only halfway there where God is leading you to. Halfway there to a destiny, to a calling, to some to some place that God had prepared for you to have before you was even born. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Fatigue. Hallelujah. It happens when when you're just halfway doing what you tried to accomplish. They said in verse 6, so we built the wall till all of it reached half its height. Halfway there. Everyone has energy at the beginning of a new task. But about halfway through, we begin to wonder if we're going to make it. Come Come on. When you reach the midpoint of climbing a mountain, you see how far you've come, but then you stop and look and see how far you still got to go. You are tired and wondering if you should even try to continue. Come on, somebody. God is talking to somebody right here. That's why so many people never finish what they start. Hallelujah. Because halfway there, they are worn out and they give up. Are you worn out and your strength is dwindling? If so, let me tell you the remedy. If the devil's got you worn out, your strength is failing, and you're not you you, you you're just halfway where you know God is leading you halfway to where you know God wants you to be. It's in that time. It's during that time that you need to ante up on the praise and on the worship of your God. How many times have you come to the house of God and you were dragging physically, mentally, and everything? Else? Hallelujah! Been through battles all day long with job. Amen. Come home and you got a battle. That battle with a husband and a bunch of kids? See, I'm being good to the ladies today. But it's during those times that we need to ante up on our praise and our worship, how many times that you felt terrible? I'm going to tell you, it's been quite a few times to me. I Last Wednesday night, I had to push myself to get to the house of God. This year has been one of the worst starting years for me during the 16, 17 years I've been driving a scuba. The heat pulls everything out of me. When it's, when it's 92 degrees on the outside and you've got 65 kids on the inside and all their body heat, it gets up to 105 and 106 or 7 degrees inside that bus with no AC on it. And they, you know, trying to watch them from a mirror behind your back and all the crazy drivers in town. Oh, man, I just, it just takes everything out of me physically and mentally. And I had to push myself to get here. But how many times do we do that once we begin to worship? Once we begin to ante up our worship and our praise? Something happens. Because when you're wore out, folks, you need to learn something, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. get that oh I, let me give you a little bit Will I get joy when I think about what he's done for me I get joy when I th- it's him I don't care what's going on in my life I don't care how hot I am physically. I don't care what kind of battle has been wearing me. Hallelujah. When I go ahead and I press into praise and
1: I press into worship, amen, it's inevitable. Hallelujah. There's going to be some joy coming my way. It's impossible for me to think about what God has done for me and not begin to praise him and not begin to shout and dance because I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. You don't know that. I know what He's done for me, and I hand up the praise, and I hand up the worship.
0: Whoa! And then I get my second win, and I say, "Bring it on, devil!" <laughs> Don't let discouragement. Defeat
1: your life.
0: Don't let discouragement cause you to give up the, and throw in a towel. Hallelujah. I never have seen Rocky win a fight without getting busted up first. Now, I know, I know, I realize that's Hollywood, but I've seen a few fights in real life, too. I remember one time, he was just about going in, and they kept saying, you're wearing them down, you're wearing them down. He said, Yo, are but I see two of them out there. Which one do I hit? His trainer says, hit the one in the middle. <laughs> <Glory> <laughs> <to God>. Hallelujah. <laughs> I might be near blind, and I don't know exactly for sure where the devil's standing. Hallelujah, but I'm going to swing anyhow, because sooner or later I'm going to hit him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. Stand together. We'll finish this somewhere, sometime. Hallelujah. I might do it Wednesday night. I don't know. I will finish it because this is a problem. Discouragement. Now, I know God gave me this word for somebody that's going to be here today. Now, If you walked in here with any kind of discouragement about anything, what you need to do is step out of your seat, kneel at these altars, and leave that discouragement right there. Get up and walk away and don't look back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.